my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Mark Moss Show, where we talk about Bitcoin, we talk about cryptocurrencies, we talk about the decentralized revolution that is taking the world by storm. It's no surprise if you're paying attention at all, things are rapidly changing. Of course, I've been talking about this for about a year and a half of how we are at the end of a cycle, not just one cycle, but three converging cycles that will change the entire world as we know it. We're talking about a financial revolution cycle, an 80-year financial revolution cycle, a 50-year technological revolution cycle, and a 250-year political revolution cycle. All three converging right now. I talk about it all the time. And we can see signs of it all around us, peak centralization. And of course, the world is rejecting that and pushing it back going to decentralization. And we have this technology that's leading the way. That's one thing that uh, analysts like Ray Dalio, who I really respect, just recently read his uh, new book. Uh, it's an amazing book that was the Changing World Order. Um, the amount of research that gone into the book is amazing. I highly recommend it uh, for anybody. But what somebody like him misses is technology. 
And so he's done a really good job studying the rise and fall of empires from a financial level and gets into the political level as well. For some reason, it seems like what he fails to recognize is that it's, it's technology that changes the world through thousands of years of, of history, if we go back and take a look at it. And that is what we're witnessing right now. I got a lot of stuff to talk about on the show today that I want to cover. One of the things that I want to cover is something that I haven't talked about on the show before, and it's been a hot topic. It's been something that I've been asked to cover many, many, many times, and that is the world of NFTs. That stands for a non-fungible token. So what the heck are NFTs? Uh, why is it that everybody wants me to talk about NFTs? And why is it that I have not wanted to talk about NFTs? Pretty interesting. Uh, so I thought, you know what, let's dig into that a little bit. I saw a, an article that came out this week on the Wall Street Journal talking about it. And I thought, you know what, this might be a good place to pick it up and talk about it. Now, let's say, I guess, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it's not the first time I've talked about NFTs. I have talked about them before. Uh, it might have been a month or two ago I was talking about NFTs and we were talking about specifically how they're used for, how do I say it, uh, you know, manipulation, market manipulation, if you will. And so there's a lot of market manipulation. It happens in the art industry, NFTs. So first of all, let me back it up here. So an NFT, if you're just uh, tuning in, an NFT stands for a non-fungible token, NFT, non-fungible token. Well, if it's non-fungible, what what is what is fungible? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. So fungible means one is worth one. So for example, a very old US dollar that's all dirty and ripped and torn up is worth the same as one brand new US dollar that's all clean and crisp and brand new. Doesn't matter if it's old, dirty, torn up, or if it's brand new, crisp, and clean, one dollar is worth one dollar. It's fungible. For money to be money, it must have certain attributes that make it good money. Some of those attributes are it needs to be portable. It needs to be divisible. It needs to be uh, durable. So portable. You have to be able to carry it around. It's one of the reasons why gold didn't um, – it's got all the other attributes of money, but gold lacks in this one attribute. It's not very portable. Uh, it's it's big, it's heavy, so it led to us putting gold into the banks. And then the banks gave us back receipts or IOUs or claims on that gold or what we would call paper gold certificates or then dollars. <laughs> Those dollars were just claims on the gold. And we did that because gold was big, heavy, clunky, and the dollars was debt issued on that. There was a debt, it's an IOU. It allowed us to increase the velocity. It allowed us to increase the speed in which we can transfer the gold because as I'm saying, it doesn't fit the one attribute of money, which is portable. If you have a gold coin, sure, that's pretty portable. You put it in your pocket. If you have uh, millions of dollars or tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars, like nations do, it's not portable at all. Especially, and even though a coin may be somewhat portable, it's not in today's information age. So today, we're working in a connected world, an internet-based world. Most of my team works all remote, and I pay them remotely. And how can I pay them with gold remotely? Of course, you can't because it's not portable. Uh, money also should be durable. So obviously, it wouldn't make much sense to store all my life savings, all my wealth in a banana because a banana is not going to last that long, right? It's not durable. Uh, gold is very durable. Gold could sit at the bottom of the sea for you know forever and not get corroded. Gold is very extremely durable, so that's good. It must be divisible. 
So if we were using, uh, you know, in the early days, it was a barter system. And so we had a cow and uh, I want to trade you my cow for your two goats or whatever. But if you don't want the whole cow, that cow's not divisible. So that's not good. It also has to be recognizable, recognizable or what we call saleable. So that means that a lot of people have to take it. So a lot of times people, when we talk about cryptocurrencies, we talk about Bitcoin. Obviously, I talk about Bitcoin all the time. Pretty much anywhere in the world today, you could find someone that could take your Bitcoin. People say, well, what about XYZ coin? What about you know this privacy coin? Privacy coins are better. They're more private. Well, they may be more private, but privacy isn't one of the main attributes of money, but saleability or recognizability is. And so I can get anyone in the world to take a Bitcoin, but I can't find somebody in the world to take a pirate coin or Monero or XYZ privacy coin. So it must be saleable. Um, and it also has to be fungible. So back to the dollar example. Uh, well, And it has to be scarce. That's another thing. Oh, that's a good one to bring up. So it has to be scarce as well. That's the problem with our fiat dollars, the, the US dollars that we use today. They're not scarce. As a matter of fact, uh, they print trillions of them all the time. As a matter of fact, in the last two years, the amount of money, the amount of dollars in existence, in circulation has gone up by over 40 let me say that again. <laughs> they, the, the Federal Reserve, the Central Bank of the U.S. Has, has increased the money supply by over 40% in just the last two years. So any wonder why home prices are up on average about 40% and used cars are up on average about 40%? Uh, does it make sense? Because when they it, when they increase the value of the money, it decreases, or when they increase the volume of the money, it decreases the value or the purchasing power of those dollars. So it's not that houses are getting more valuable or used cars are getting more valuable. People think their house is getting more valuable, but you certainly don't think your used car is getting more valuable. What's happening is your dollars are losing their value, losing their purchasing power. And so it takes more dollars to buy that same thing, that same good that it did before. And so the US dollar is is very uh, portable, it's very divisible, it's very recognizable. It's the most recognized money in the world. It's divisible, I can break it down to 100 pennies, uh, right? It's, it's pretty durable, at least coins are pretty durable. Even the paper dollars are pretty durable if you put them through the wash. So, it, and, and it's definitely recognizable, so it has all that. It's just not scarce. So gold isn't portable, but it is scarce. Dollars are, are, uh, are no, they're not. They're not uh, scarce. Now, uh, I'm talking about NFTs today. I'm going to break this down for you, but I'm trying to set this up so you have a little bit of base knowledge to go off of. Uh, we'll talk about NFTs, but just real quick with Bitcoin. Bitcoin hits all the attributes of money, so it's uh, extremely portable. I can transfer it instantly, right, from my phone to your phone, even without electricity. By the way, let me say that. Uh, so I can, it's extremely portable. It's extremely durable. It's encrypted. It's just, you know, can't be destroyed. It's extremely divisible. You can break it down and do fractions of a penny. It's, it's basically infinitely divisible. Um, it's fungible. One Bitcoin is worth one Bitcoin. And it's not as saleable or recognizable as the US dollar by any means. Uh, but it's getting there. It's getting there quick. So um, that kind of rounds out uh, basically the attributes of money. And now we'll talk about NFTs now that you have a little bit of that base knowledge. 
But like I said, Bitcoin at least has all of those attributes. Now, a lot of people say, but it doesn't have the privacy. But again, privacy isn't one of the attributes of money. Now, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, the decentralized revolution. I wanted to talk about NFTs, which we are doing that right now. Uh, There's a Wall Street Journal article that came out. uh, NFT sales are flatlining. I'm going to break that down for you and more when I get back, so don't go away. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. All right, welcome back. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show, and we are talking about... Bitcoin. We're talking about cryptocurrencies. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, of course, each and every week. If you're not tuning tuning into me each and every week, well, you certainly should be. You don't want to miss an episode. If you're not driving, pull out your phone, set a calendar reminder to be here with me at this time on this channel each and every week. 
so you can understand the world as it's changing right before our very eyes. Now, like I said, before the break, I was talking about these NFTs. There's a Wall Street Journal article that came out that said, NFT sales are flatlining. They say, is this the beginning of the end of NFTs? Now, like I said, I've been asked lots of times to, why don't I talk about NFTs? I have talked about them once before, um, and I kind of broke down how they were used for manipulation. And part of that is, uh, just real quickly to go into that, is basically, um, be- actually, I'll come back to that. <laughs> Stay with me, we'll get back to that. So before the break, I was uh, explaining the attributes of money. It had to be uh, portable, divisible, durable, recognizable, saleable, and it needs to be fungible. One has to be worth one. So uh, Bitcoin is fungible. One Bitcoin is worth one Bitcoin. NFTs are not. They're non-fungible, non-fungible tokens. So that means each token is unique, kind of like a baseball card. You could have two Mickey Mantle baseball cards or two stamps or two, you know, early, you know, pre-set, pre-1900 uh, uh, gold coins, for example. And even though they're the same coin the same year, uh, same weight, etc., they'd be worth different amounts because one might have a little more wear, one might whatever, right? So they're non-fungible, even though they're the same. And so these tokens are basically that. And uh, right now they're being used for um, collectibles. They're using being used for art, things like that. I'll, I'll break that down a little bit more. We'll get into that a little bit. Um, we're seeing like uh, you know musicians who have fan clubs, for example, starting to issue different collectibles in different ways. Right? You can buy a mug, you can buy a hat, you can buy a shirt, and um, you could buy a token. Right? You could buy a, a, a digital piece of art, a JPEG, if you will. Um, and they're calling those NFTs. And then people think, well, now I own this. Or let's say there's like, um, from a YouTube video of Michael Jordan, you know, getting, getting the slam dunk to win the game or whatever. And someone could buy that video clip and they have an NFT. It's a non-fungible token that says they own it. They own that video clip, but that video clip's also on YouTube right? Or I own this, uh, I own this JPEG, this piece of digital art that's on my computer screen right now. Anybody else could go just right click and save and they could also have that. (sighs) Leaves a lot of people scratching their head, right? There's a meme that was going around. And uh, I don't know if you've seen these memes where it's like a kind of like a black and white stick drawing kind of cartoon. And it's like some people in a living room at a party. And there's a couple people dancing on the dance floor. And there's a guy standing in the corner over there by like uh, stereo. And he's like, I wonder if they know it, but I own this song. And it's like a funny meme because it's like uh, kind of showing what NFTs are because it's like, okay, so he has a hash. He has like a record in a blockchain that says he owns the song, but everybody else is listening to the song, dancing to it. So what does his ownership really mean? And it's no different that if I own that clip of Michael Jordan getting that slam dunk, I own it, but everybody else has it on their computer. They can watch it too. So ownership typically implies that it's in my possession. Uh, Possession is whatever they say, nine-tenths of the law kind of a thing. So if uh, if you had a house, but everybody else had, had, had access to your house and you don't have access to it, is it really your house, right, kind of a thing? And so that, that meme kind of says it all. It's like, hey, do they know that, this is, that I own this song? <laughs> and, and he may own it, but everyone else has it. So a lot of people are wondering what that is, but I'll break that down a little bit more. But before I do, let's dive into this article here real quick. So they said the Wall Street Journal says that the NFT market is collapsing. They say it as a statement. They say that the sale of non-fungible tokens or NFTs fell to a daily average of about 19,000 this week a 92% decline from a peak of about 225,000 in September 
according, according to a data website, non-fungible token. So a daily average. So there was about a quarter million, 225,000 NFT selling per day in September. And now we're down 92% to 19,000 a day. It's pretty big. So the number of active wallets in the NFT market fell 88% to about 14,000 last week from a high of 119,000 in November. So uh, when you own a cryptocurrency, Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency, one of the biggest features of it is that you can take custody of it yourself. Remember, possession, nine-tenths of the law. So one of the oldest problems that mankind has had is how do I store my property in a way that cannot be stolen? And so we have to make uh, we have to make you know friends. We have to form a village. We have to make a, a kingdom. We have to make a, a country to protect our private property from being stolen by somebody else. If I had a bunch of gold, I'd have to you know build a big vault, hire armed armed guards to watch that gold all the time. Well, then it'd be very difficult for me to move that gold because, as I said, gold's not portable. However, uh, Bitcoin solved that problem, and now cryptographically, I can secure it uh, online. And I just have to know my 12 words, my backup phrase, and that Bitcoin could be accessed from anywhere as long as I have access to those 12 words, that key. I'm not going to go super deep into that. Leave me a comment. Let me know if you want me to dig in deeper into that part. Specifically, uh, you can hit me up on any of the social media platforms at one Mark Moss. That's just the number one at one Mark Moss on Twitter, on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you there. But basically, you can take custody of these assets yourself, meaning you hold the key. To explain it real simple, think of it like a locker at like a high school or like an airport. So like, hey, my locker is C19. Go put this envelope in there into C19. That's a public address. But only I would have the private key that would actually let me open up the locker and move the contents. And so uh, cryptocurrencies are similar where you have like this public address that anybody could have. But then only one person has the private key. And so... What they're saying is the number of active wallets in an NFT market fell 88%. So the number of wallets, that's the amount of wallets that hold these NFTs, hold these cryptocurrency tokens, if you will. And so it fell 88%, the amount of active wallets, wallets that are using this. Um, it says NFTs are Bitcoin-like digital tokens that act like a certificate of ownership that live on a blockchain. Now, that's a very key piece I'm going to come back to. It's like a certificate of ownership. I'm going to get through the through the fundamentals of this of uh, this uh, of this document here of this article about is the market crashing, and then we'll get more into this kind of uh, what does this mean? It's a digital representation or certificate of ownership. We'll talk about that. Then I'll then we'll talk about different areas of NFTs, and then we'll talk about maybe what the future is of NFTs as well. It says rising interest rates have crushed risk, risky bets across the financial markets, and NFTs are among the most speculative. Rising interest rates. So, of course, uh, the Federal Reserve is doing everything they can to fight inflation. Inflation, we have prices going up like crazy. 8.5% uh, was the last CPI read that came out. And so, of course, it's like I already said, right? We've, we saw homes go up by 40%. Used cars go up by 40%. Steak and milk are up 25%. Uh, rents are up on average across the country about 26%. And so the Federal Reserve is acting. They're doing something about it. They're raising rates. And so they're saying that uh, assets have been crushed all across the space. Since hitting highs in November, the tech-heavy NASDAQ composite has fallen by 23%. So the NASDAQ stock exchange, which has most of the tech stocks, tech-heavy as they call it, uh, has fallen 23% since November. And, uh, and Bitcoin, Bitcoin's down as well. Bitcoin's down about 40%, 35%, 40% as well from that November high. Um, but back to NFTs, 
It says that many NFT owners are finding their investments are worth significantly less than when they bought them. I want to break that down. I want to break down a couple of well-known tweets that sold for millions of dollars and then couldn't even sell for a few hundred dollars. And then, like I said, I want to break down these different categories of NFTs. We're going to break them down into collectibles, video games, art, metaverse, and so much more. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show. I'm going to be right back with more explaining NFTs to you. So do not go away. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show, and we're talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about cryptocurrencies. We're talking about the decentralized revolution each and every week. And right now, we are talking about NFTs, which are a very, very hot subject. One I've been asked to talk about a lot. I've uh, stayed away from it. I've talked about it one time, mostly because I focus on Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin is the only tool that can uh, change the world. Um, it's a it's a technological revolution that can free us uh, from the problems that are created by the money distortion that we have. 
whether I can own a stock on the blockchain or whether I can uh, own a token to a piece of real estate or I have uh, a collectible, that doesn't change the world. We have collectibles. I can own a share of a piece of real estate already today. Uh, that's why I focus on Bitcoin. But I am talking about NFTs today because uh, everybody's been asking about it. And I saw this article I thought was pretty interesting that uh, Wall Street Journal put out that the NFT sales are flatlining, they said. So as I already threw out those numbers, it's been flatlining. The uh, interest has fallen 92% since the peak in September from uh, a daily average of a quarter million tokens down to 19,000 tokens. Um, a couple examples. There's an NFT of the first tweet from Twitter co-founder Jack Dorsey. It sold in March of 2021 for 2.9 million. Now, on Twitter, <laughs> all the tweets are archived. So if you go onto my Twitter account at one Mark Moss, I should actually do this because I don't even know, but you could scroll back and see what my very first tweet was on this account. I had a couple of Twitter accounts before that I'd started and kind of abandoned uh, business accounts and things like that. But uh, I'm not even I'm not even sure what my original very first tweet was. I, I should go back and take a look at that. But the point is, is that I can go to anybody's feed and I can go back and I can see what what they had on their feed, right? Their old tweets. Somebody decided to buy that. As a matter of fact, this guy's name is Sina Estavi. He's the chief executive of a Malaysian-based blockchain company, Bridge Oracle. He bought it for $2.9 million. Now, back to that meme about people dancing at a party uh, to a song and the guy's in the corner going, oh, I bet they don't know I own this song. So this guy bought the tweet for $2.9 million, but everyone else can go see the tweet too. It's literally on Twitter. So he owns it, but so what? Like everyone else can see it. I could copy it and paste it. I could save it to my desktop too, which is a little bit of the ridiculousness here. But it says earlier this year, Mr. Estavi put the NFT up for auction. He didn't receive any bids over 14,000, which is actually pretty high because last I saw, I think I talked about it before, it was only a few hundred dollars. Uh, but either way, he paid $3 million for it. He couldn't get anyone to pay more than 14000 for it today. It's a pretty big loss. Now, he says uh, it's not a sign the market's deteriorating. It's just normal fluctuation. It could occur in any market. Okay, well, let's look, look, let's look at it some more. Uh, and another NFT buyer purchased a Snoop Dogg curated NFT titled Doggy number 4292. And he bought that in early April of uh, 2022 for about 33 $2,000. It's basically a, a JPEG. It's a digital picture of an image of a green skinny astronaut standing on what looks like a Hollywood Walk of Fame star. And he has it up for auction right now. Remember, he paid, uh, paid 32000 for it. He's asking $25 million. So he bought it for 32000 and he's going to sell it for $25 million. That's amazing. That's like hitting the lottery. Could you imagine buying a, a Snoop Dogg NFT for 32000 and selling it for twenty five? That'd be pretty good. Now, my dad taught me when I was a kid that something is only worth what someone else is willing to pay for it. So you can say it's worth whatever it's worth, but it's only worth what someone else is willing to pay for it. And according to this auction, the highest current bid for this is right now at $200, $210. So he bought it for $32,000. He's hoping to make $25 million, And the highest bid is $210. Now, this is this goes back to this. Uh, uh, how how do we determine value valuation? So, uh, a lot of times you you might hear people talking about intrinsic value. Uh, like they say, Bitcoin can't be worth anything. There's no intrinsic value. What does that mean? Well, it really means nothing. There's no such thing as intrinsic value. All value is subjective. 
and it's subjective based on a couple of factors, which is mostly uh, utility and scarcity. So the combination of those two. Let me give you an example. Uh, let's see. If I was last night, I went out to dinner. True story. And uh, on our table, there was some leftover food, and we didn't want it, and it got thrown away. If I was on a deserted island with a million dollars or a billion dollars of cash, a billion dollars of gold, and a billion dollars of Bitcoin, I had nothing to buy on that island. There was no boat to get off, no phone to call for help, no food, no water, no nothing. None of the, the billion dollars of gold, Bitcoin, or, or, or cash would all be worthless. Now, let's say that uh, I was able to get those leftovers that were on our table that got thrown away last night. There's a little bit of food left over, a little bit of water. I would probably give all billion dollars that I had for that leftover food and water. Now, the food and water was worth nothing to me last night. I got thrown away. But because there was value, I could eat it. And uh, of a scarcity, it was the only food around. I was going to die if I didn't take it. I would trade all my, all my money for it. So all value is subjective. So he may think this NFT is worth $25 million, but according to the market, they say it's worth only about $200. And this is happening more and more and more. Now, um, I know there's probably a lot of people listening to this that are saying, ah, yeah, Mark, but I have a friend or I read this story or I know someone else who bought an NFT for 200 and sold it for 32 or bought it for 32 and sold it for 20 million. And, and there are those stories. I'm definitely not saying that doesn't happen. Um, I've been in this cryptocurrency space for about seven years now. I know lots of people in this space and I hear those stories. However, um, as, if we go back to the beginning, there was a an, there was a two hundred twenty five thousand a day selling a day a quarter million a day. So for every one of those stories that you hear someone that bought it for thirty thousand and sold it for two million or whatever, for every one of those, there's probably you know a million or millions of people who lost money. So does it happen? Sure. Does winning the lottery happen? Sure. Does uh, getting a $40 million contract to go play professional sports happen? Sure. It, all those things happen. The probability of that happening to you, it just, it just diminishes. All right. And I'm going to explain why here in a second. So um, I want to break this down a little bit. So there's different types of NFTs. Remember, NFT is a very, very, very broad category, right? It's a non-fungible token. There's lots of things that are non-fungible. Like my car, my, I drive a I drive a Ford Raptor. Uh, you could find another Ford Raptor the same year, um, same color, but it might be worth more or less. My truck may have more scratches. Uh, my truck may be taken care of better. It may have different mileage. Maybe I drove it on the beach and there's rust underneath. So even though they're the same truck, the same year, the same color, they're non-fungible. Everything's non most things are non-fungible. Look around the room. Like most things that you have are non-fungible. So you, you create a token that represents a non-fungible item. Of course, there's lots of them, but they're broken it down here kind of by category. So you have collectibles. So collectibles are avatars, animals, digital assets. This is also these uh, like digital JPEGs, etc. Then you have video games. Video games is an interesting place that I think there could be some sort of a future for, for NFTs. We'll talk about that. Then there's art. That's works that were made manually or computationally. And then there's the metaverse. These are like accessories, real estate, and other items that are used in virtual worlds. And so that's probably, you know, the, that and uh, that, uh, the metaverse and the video games are probably the area where they may have some 
some legs to actually build out. But the collectibles is where the market is. So we can see through 2022, uh, we have about $150 million in this collectible segment. Uh, this is uh, sales volume by category daily. So you have about average about $100 million a day of digital assets. But for video games, you have about, I don't know, this is about 20 million a day. Uh, art that's made by computers, you probably have, I don't know, five or 10 million a day. And metaverse is, again, maybe five or 10 million a day. So the $100 million a day is these collectibles, these avatars, these digital pieces of art. The problem with that is going back to money, collectibles, store of value, is that they have to have certain attributes. One of those is that they must be scarce. And the problem with NFTs is they have become <laughs> the opposite of scarce. They've become overly abundant. Uh, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about NFTs. I'll be right back with more. Uh, don't go away. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency, where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another health care provider. That's HealthLock.com. 
All right, welcome back. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, the decentralized revolution. Of course, each and every week, that's what we're talking about. And today we are talking about NFTs, a topic that I've pretty much stayed away from, but I've been asked to talk about quite a bit. And we're going through this uh, article on the Wall Street Journal called NFT sales are flatlining. And we're kind of breaking this down. I went through uh, a bunch of data so far. If you're just joining in, I'm not going to go ahead and repeat it all. But we just say that the average daily sales are down 92% from their peak, which is pretty big. Um, We saw that the average, the active wallets are down about 88%. And we can see that a couple of big prominent NFTs that got purchased, a Jack Dorsey tweet for $2.9 million and a Snoop Dogg tweet, or I'm sorry, NFT got purchased. Um, and they're, <laughs> the Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg one got purchased for 32000 and now it's an auction and it can't sell for $200. Bucks. Um, but I was breaking it down in these different areas, so collectibles, video games, art, and into the metaverse. And I think, you know, the... I guess what I would say about these NFTs, first of all, is that uh, I, those attributes of money I gave you, uh, one of them, and one of the very important ones is scarcity. The US dollars are not scarce, that's a problem. They keep printing more of them and that's why they keep buying you less and less goods. Gold is scarce. And so uh, gold has been a very good store of value, a good form of money for 5,000 years. Bitcoin is even more scarce. There will never be more than 21 million. Uh, but NFTs are, not scarce at all. They can make as many of them as they want. It says interest in NFTs measured by the number of searches for the term peaked in January, according to Google Trends, and has roughly fallen 80%. So we can see that the, uh, the sales have gone down, the number of wallets have gone down, and even the interest, even this, the Google searches, that's an important tool. If, you, if you've never looked at that before, you can see what people are searching for. And so it says here, the imbalance between supply and demand is hurting the NFT market. There are about five NFTs for every buyer. Now, uh, going back to Bitcoin, there will never be more than 21 million. There's over 50 million millionaires in the world. Over 50 million millionaires. That means there's not even enough Bitcoin for all the millionaires in the world to own half of one. Pretty scarce. <laughs> Here it's saying there's five NFTs for every buyer. Uh, it says at the end of April, there have been 9.2 million NFTs sold, which were bought by 1.8 million people. So 9 million sold to 1, 1.8 million people, which is pretty interesting. Um, now, if you go back to art, um, and I'm not an art collector, and I'm just going to make this clear. Uh, growing up, I had friends that collected baseball cards. I never did. I had friends that did stamps or coins. I never did. I don't collect art. My brother, true story, my brother sells Pokemon cards, right? Those are collectibles. And he knows about each different card and why one's worth more than another. And he does really well with that. I've just never done that. And I'm just giving you that as, as a disclaimer. But if you get into the world of baseball cards or Pokemon cards uh, or whatever, you start to learn the intricacies, the differences there. Um, and what they'll do is then like, uh, you know, whatever, this Babe Ruth uh, baseball card, and I don't know anything about it, so forgive me if you're a baseball card person, but this Babe Ruth card, for example, they only made so many, right? And he's, of course, dead and, you know, he's this legend and uh, there's only so many. And so if you can get your hands on one of those cards, it's probably worth a lot because of the scarcity factor. 
And again, still, what would someone else be worth willing to pay for it? Um, but these NFTs are just like a digital piece of art. Someone just makes it. And it's like there's no scarcity to it. And you have the bored apes or the zombies, and there's millions and millions of bored apes now. What makes one board ape different from another? Now, I think we are starting to see where like certain artists are making things. So for example, a certain artist could like make like a uh, hundred sets of Nike Air Force Ones and those could be worth a lot of money because he's like a known artist that makes a very limited set. So there is some of that and we're starting to see a little bit of that. But at the end of the day, trying to attach a real world physical thing to something digital just doesn't make sense. And I think that's a big failure. And I think anybody thinking that this is the future is just doesn't really understand the way things work. Because a, a real like uh, the Mona Lisa, you have the Mona Lisa, and then you have all the copies of the Mona Lisa. And you can make as many copies of the Mona Lisa as you want. They're not worth what the Mona Lisa is, but the but the Mona Lisa is still something tangible. All right. So think about it like think about it like this. Um, if you had, if you have the world, like like the real world that you can go walk around in, and then you have a map of the world, right? They're very different things. The map is an information, it's an informational construct. The world is a physical object, right? There's a saying that says the map is not the territory. Um, the map is not the territory. So what that means is it's a map, and it resembles the territory. It could, it's, it's probably not completely accurate, but it resembles it, and it gives you a decent frame of what the world is, but it's not the same, right? A picture of a pipe is not a pipe, right? It's a picture of a pipe. It's not a pipe. And so that is part of the problem. So you have, basically, you have uh, this image and you have a record in the blockchain that says you own that image, but you don't actually have the image and the two aren't linked together. And as I've been saying, anybody can copy that image that you have, right? So that's a big problem. This is why other things on the, like gold on the blockchain don't work either. You can't have a physical object put onto a blockchain. What happens is somebody keeps a ledger a blockchain, uh, someone keeps a database that says Mark owns gold. So I have gold, it's black, it's backed on the blockchain. But since I can't have the gold on the blockchain, someone else holds the gold. And someone else keeps the ledger that says I own the gold. The problem is, now I have to trust a third party. Now I have to trust that they don't steal my gold, that my, that my database or my ledger submission doesn't get changed, something like that, right? There's no, there's no permanent relationship to the object itself. It's disconnected, right? So NFTs don't change that. The JPEG that you own can be lost, it can be corrupted, it can be duplicated, uh, it can be hashed, it can be sold again. And it happens all the time. Right? You own a hash, you own a record of, of something that's not scarce, right? Because anybody can copy that, that JPEG over and over and over. You own a hash that says you own it, but it, it's a hash of something that you own that's not scarce that can be recreated, right? You own a garbled up map with no territory. It's basically what you have. But Bitcoin fixes this because it, it goes in the opposite direction, right? It starts with information and it makes its own reality um, it basically takes takes something takes information and it takes energy and it creates something natively digital, natively digital. So maybe at some point, if I if I hit on this natively digital thing, 
maybe in the world in the future there's a world for items back going back to nfts in the video games so you know you play uh whatever video game i'm not a video gamer either but you play a bunch of video games you play for thousands of hours and you earn credits and you earn new guns new weapons new skins backpacks whatever and instead of them being stuck in the game maybe i could i could hold those on my own and then if i decided i don't want to play the game anymore maybe i could sell those to somebody else who plays the game that might be one way to do it so maybe an nft in a game could be a way to go um maybe there's a future there but we're not there now so it'll be interesting to see how that goes um but either way right now the nfts are taking a massive hit down over 90 percent, as i said as you know as most cryptocurrencies are right now um, but what do you think about that i'd love to hear some feedback on this hopefully you'd hit me up on my social media at one mark moss that's just the number one you can find me on twitter you can find me on instagram i'd love to hear from you and tell me what you think i know a lot of people love nfts and I'm a freedom maximalist, so to each their own. I just want people to understand what it is that they're buying. Uh, like I said, full disclaimer, I never bought and sold uh, baseball cards or stamps or, or coins, and I know plenty of people did. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, who you may have heard of, he's huge into NFTs, but his whole, his whole uh, life growing up, that's what he did. He still does. He trades baseball cards. He trades stamps, and he goes to garage sales on a regular basis still looking for these old collectibles. Uh, I just don't. I don't have that specialty information for that. And that's the problem with, with the collectibles. If you don't know the intricacies of each one of those, they can be very dangerous. That's what I got for you today. Thanks for listening to The Mark Moss Show. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 